in 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory. At the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to episode 76 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week are Harry Mansell. Hello, everyone. Jack Williams. Hi, everybody. And Dave has a party from Talking Wolves. Hello. Harry, we'll start with our socials. The Wolves 77 Club on Instagram and Facebook at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter Spotify, SoundCloud iTunes please subscribe if you're new and Dave uh, at Talking Wolves on Twitter and Instagram and Talking Wolves on Facebook and YouTube perfect right okay well we'll start with Liverpool and the trip to Anfield a 2-0 win for the Reds wasn't quite enough for them to win the league but they've won the we've got more points than Alex Ferguson managed cup which is obviously <laughs> uh, some silver lining Jack I want to start with you though because the a lot of people on Twitter were saying there's a lot of shithousery from Wolves because they were sending through fake results from of, of Brighton goals that never were. It was one of those one of those weird games. Obviously, being in the in the stands because there was no pressure on us at all, and it's one of those where all the Wolves fans, myself included, were more worried about winding up the Liverpool fans than actually watching the game. So there was obviously a, lots of sort of. Uh, backwards and forwards between us obviously Liverpool then went mad when uh, Brighton actually did score but um, that didn't last very long and then all of a sudden you know uh, the Wolves fans are just taking the mickey out of everything every um, uh, Man City goal that goes in really and uh, especially the geezer who was sat down the front by us who uh, when Brighton scored whipped off his Liverpool top to have a Brighton shirt underneath um, oh, yeah yeah I know which is cringe anyway but obviously um, yeah his uh, his laughter faded pretty quickly really but uh, yeah so I don't think we're going to get a very warm reception from Liverpool fans for next season to be brutally honest either <laughs> home or away and I know there were a few little instances of stuff happening with uh, I think a few of them spat over the terrace above on, on the top of yeah. us apart uh, through the game and uh, these sort of things so no but 
you know, we, we, it was a good fun day out. The sun was shining and it was just nice going to a big ground like that. And it would have been nice to have scored, but the result at the end of the day didn't really matter because we'd already won our seventh place cup. Dave, you had a mad dash up to Anfield. You made it just about yep. in time. Just give us your view on it. Yeah, I think pretty much uh, what was said there. That we'd done what we need to do, needed to do this season. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's no real pressure on us for that game because we couldn't move up up a place. We couldn't move down a place. Um, but we still we were still okay. I don't think Liverpool were fantastic, uh, but neither were we. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was more about it. It was weird in the Wolves end because I think it was more about trying to wind the Liverpool fans up. But I do know there was. Um, <clears throat> sort of spitting and stuff as well which is horrible but um, the one thing that I didn't get was why would when they it when it was all over Twitter why would Wolves fans start celebrating when Brighton scored yeah which it didn't well, so I got loads of retweets and I thought I'm pretty sure it come up from the top section of the, the Liverpool stand to our right that's where they were celebrating um, so I didn't really get that tweet and I did put about it but I don't think anyone was asked to be honest I think <laughs> more more people were happy that Wolves fans were trolling Liverpool fans but to be fair to be fair to Liverpool when they were sort of one nil up and before City had taken the lead their roar for their goal was probably the loudest crowd noise I've heard <laughs> at a ground like it was ridiculous but um, yeah at the end of the day they didn't do enough did they Harry, when you're watching the game, I don't know where you watched it or whether you're getting spit at by lots of men, but I know you don't like to talk about it when that happens. Um, what did you think of Liverpool's performance? Because to be fair to them, they have taken City all the way and I saw lots of sort of social media bits saying, from Liverpool fans mostly, saying that we've stopped the Premier League becoming League A1 by actually pushing City all the way to the final day. Yeah, you've got to give Liverpool credit, but on the game itself... It- like it was a bit weird like the lads said and just that bit on the cheering which I was watching on Sky Sports obviously they thought the Liverpool fans started cheering they didn't mention Wolves starting it they thought Liverpool fans started cheering because Brighton got their first corner of the game and they thought it was an ironic cheer because uh, and then literally a second later they got the corner they scored off so that's how Sky Sports explained it but anyway uh, the game itself I thought we had a few good chances really. we could have we could have scored about Doherty at the bar if you remember that one um, yeah. a few other good chances but Liverpool just went for the motions really and in the end it kind of was comfortable for them but it was a strange game obviously because as soon as City like got ahead you just knew then it was over but for that little five minutes when Brighton won it up it was actually quite exciting so I wish that had just lasted a bit longer just goes to show how much excitement there can be when all of the games are played at the same time you know because you yeah. don't really get that anymore apart from the last day of the season Jack in terms of Wolves performance it'll be a good springboard wasn't it even though our attention does turn to the FA Cup final now uh, no performance wise it was good I think looking at parts of the game we still there were still opportunities where we got in behind quite a few times we just had no end product we look at the goals that Liverpool scored a lot of them you know they weren't particularly on top um, particularly for the second goal but they just finished better than us and it's it's good to go there knowing that we'd still created chances like we have done against every other team the one thing I'm disappointed about this season is if you look at the two results against Liverpool is that we haven't scored against them in either game but I think we've had the opportunities to in, in both the home leg and the away leg to at least score one in both of those games um, so yeah but it wasn't a disgraceful performance like you say I don't know um, if any of the players were mentally on the beach or not I mean Joshua had a quiet game I think by his standards but um, yeah if you look ahead to the game against City now it's just it could round off the perfect season or it could go the way that we're all fearing where Watford come and bite us in the arse again which <laughs> will just be devastating wouldn't it <laughs> particularly uh, particularly the one song that obviously all the Wolves fans particularly in the concourse at half time and through the game are singing songs about Europe and it's just a bit too soon for that still isn't it because it still can be taken away from us in a week's time but it didn't stop them because that's all they sung about for the whole game and 
Dave, if Europe does happen, and of course we do hope that it does, would yeah. you be confident from obviously going up against a team that had made the Champions League final that week is that the foundations are there? Yeah, um, I mean, for for Wolves, I've said this to a, a few people, I've been thinking about it this week because I think... On Twitter, on Facebook, it's almost people are sort of going on as if we are guaranteed European competition. And you know, it's football. Wigan beat Man City a number of years ago against the odds in the FA Cup. And you know, Watford do have a chance. They've come up against some of the big teams this season, given them games. But I've been looking at it. I think the sort of the last three or four teams from England to have qualified. Uh, for your, the Europa League through the qualifying stages have actually been knocked out. Southampton, West Ham, South, um, Burnley, none of them got through to the group stage. Yeah. But I think, and I fully believe that Wolves are a lot more prepared. Wolves want it a lot more as well. Um, my only concern is if, and again, this is what I've been thinking about this week, is if we're going to be spending 100 million plus um, and on players and then we don't do as what we, what we're expected to so that's why I think we are going to uh, delve into the loan market quite a bit this summer because um, there's no real risk then if, if we do have a bit of a hiccup and uh, go out of Europe quite early we haven't got uh, all that uh, baggage basically of all that money that we've spent Harry we've obviously been successful in the loan market in the past yeah we have and obviously we look at them don't we see if they fit and then we sign them but just on qualifying from the Europa League I saw a quote from last night with Jeff G saying uh, he had a word with Nuno and Nuno said even if we did get in the Europa League he still wants to keep a small squad so I didn't really like to hear that but you've got to trust Nuno haven't you he's the uh, he's the man he knows what he's doing he's got us to where we are you know things seem to be working but I just can't see it if we go far in the Europa League and say if we have another cup running over the League of the FA Cup and it's going to be a struggle isn't it if we don't add numbers it really is I said it the other week but when you look at Burnley who obviously finished in seventh last year and got European football they had a small squad there I don't think they signed a player until about a week before the window Joe shut Art, wasn't it? They signed and, Joe Hart, wasn't it? and look at where they finished they got knocked out in Europe granted they gave it a good go in Europe and had, had some tough draws to be fair but um, but they still you know they're a league of their league position suffered and the reason a lot of these teams if we the seventh don't qualify is if we won the cup we'd go straight into the group stage but we've got to do three separate two-legged ties to even get into the group stage all against opposition where all right you could get could you could get drawn against some estonian goat herders but you could also get a half decent <laughs> half decent italian or german team where you know it's going to take it out of you to play in thursday on the premier league and then have to come back and play sorry on thursday in europa league and then have to play on sunday and and, and again and again with obviously carling cup games being thrown in as well at the early stages it's a busy fixture schedule and I I would be very shocked if if, well, if if it obviously with what Harry just said that I think Nuno has to have a bigger squad yeah I, I mean at the end of the day this season what outside of the current starting 11 and 7 subs the only players that have played a game um, are Leo Bonatini at the start of the season and Max Kilman <laughs> who's played what 30 seconds outside of that 18 there's no one else you can't go into four or five competitions this year with your pre-season interrupted, one with this Shanghai thing and two with this Europa League. The last two pre-seasons Nuno's had is heavily fitness-based and that's mm. a big reason we've had no major injuries this year as well. So if you're going to have your pre-season interrupted by early European games and uh, this trip to Shanghai, Wolves can't bank on trusting 18 players to have three or four games in 
nine or ten days. I mean, the example there is just, just look at the top six. So the top six teams, four of them are in major European finals now. Do you think they have squads of 18 to compete on both fronts in the <laughs> Premier League? And, yep. and of course not. You need a 25-man strong squad full of players who are all capable of playing in the Premier League and in Europe when called upon. I think the only the only only other way around it for Nuno is if he's going to if the club sign a number of good young talent that maybe aren't quite ready for regular Premier League football, but can always slot into the under twenty threes and then push up if we need them in other competitions. But you still need quality. I no disrespect to our under twenty threes, and I know they did very well this season, but I don't think they're good enough to play regular football, whether that be in the Premier League or whether that be in European competition. I think we will probably sacrifice uh, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup this year if we if we continue mm. to progress in Europe. Harry, do you echo that? Because I, th- I suppose we've seen the same of what Arsenal have always done in recent years, especially with that League Cup as well, is to blood their youngsters in the early stages of European competitions, but also uh, throughout the domestic cup competitions too. But does this open a problem when we see Nuno, who is incredibly loyal, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, to his uh, so-called cup players, when it comes to his youngsters getting you through those first rounds of qualification, is that they'd actually be playing in the latter stages too? should they get there yeah well I think if we do get in the Europa League I think we'd take the Europa League as a priority over like the League Cup for example I think even in the League Cup this year the one game we had when we got knocked out he played a few of the kids was that Ashley Sealand that played didn't they if you remember yeah, yeah. so in that competition we probably will play a lot of the under 23s FA Cup I don't know but we've obviously we've got to get in there first but I do think the Europa League will be treated you know, with respect, and he'll play the strongest team he can in that. But let's just see if we can cope. Let's just see if Nuno can uh, mix it up and trust some of the younger lads to perform. Now, as we were talking about things that are going to happen next season, I thought we're going to bring it back to the beginning of this season. And it was a piece I think we sent to Fancast at the beginning of the season of predictions. Now, some of these are absolute gold, <laughs> so just bear with. And it's two minutes 44 seconds of pure genius Harry we'll start with you for the fan cast predictions first off where are we going to finish 10th Jack 15th <laughs> Bayless oh, oh I've also said 15th I think there are a few worse teams not too bad I'm going to go for uh, 11th place player of the season Harry Costa because he's stacked and he looks brilliant <laughs> oh, sorry what pardon <laughs> Harry Harry what, what were your thoughts there mate Oh, oh think, sorry, I was thought you... So you think I'm still going? Oh, sorry, I thought the group still going then. Um, <laughs> I've just Costa, here, so. it's funny, it's funny, because <laughs> you, you said to us on WhatsApp earlier, just write down, like, best performances, uh, people who didn't perform, and I wrote Costa down as a person I don't think performed this year. So I remember in pre-season, obviously, as you just heard there, Costa had come back looking beefed up, shaved his hair, I thought he means business, he's going to be one of our <laughs> stars, and how bad has it gone for him? Like, he's got, was he got one goal this year? Oh, it's just yeah. crazy how bad that's gone. It wasn't gone, actually yeah, bad in pre-season either. He no, he was looking good in pre-season. Really. Yeah. yeah, against like, right. Ajax and that in uh, Switzerland. Yeah. He was like, looking really good. I'm going to continue playing it. Hang on. <laughs> Diego or Helder? Uh, Helder. It's wishful <laughs> oh, thinking, geez. isn't it? Uh, Jack, <laughs> with you? Diego Jota is going to set the league alight. Diego Jota. Half right. Well, well. Uh, and, <laughs> and Bayless. 
you know what? This is unbelievable. I've gone with Costa as well. I think he was out <laughs> not last year, but he's back to his best and he looks really fit. So I think he's going to tear We're it actually apart. agreeing on things. Underrated player of the season, Harry. I'm going to go for Bonatini. He only needs one goal in six months to... Sorry, what, Harry? <laughs> Harry. Bonatini. Wait, can we, can we pause on. here? This is the same Harry that said he thinks Jeff Shee and Foson made a massive error when they sat Paul Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Right. But I don't, hold on. You clipped out the part there and I said he only needs one goal to improve but yeah he was crap when he bought a team he said oh this is going well I can't wait to hear the rest of it right I'll continue playing up his expectations how have you how have you said Bonatini I was going to say you've slated Bonatini for listening to Christmas uh, I, I was actually going to say Bonatini as well because I think maybe he'll come on when we're up against it with a slight lead away from home and win us a few games Jack oh yeah. what yeah. Yeah. Jack it's well, I was laughing yeah. at you well, then Harry and well, then that happened well <laughs> he, he came on in a couple of games didn't he and we he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't know. yeah Forrest uh, right I'll continue playing Bayless, do we have a clean sweep of Bonatini's? No, we don't. We don't. We don't. I think Connor Cody, you know what? I think he's going to continue his strong form at the back and he's genuinely going to put himself up for a shout in the papers and with Gareth Southgate for that magic call. I'm going to say Matinho uh, is going to be one of those players that we just can't dispense of. Um, Harry, biggest win. Where do you reckon that's going to come? Cardiff at home. We're going to win 5-0. 5-0, nice. Uh, Jack? Uh, Huddersfield 4-0 Oh bloody hell <laughs> Palace at home My boss is a Palace fan That's the only reason I want to give him some shit What, so. what are you home. going for? 4-0 4-0 uh, I think I think we're only going to Edge games this season I think we're, maybe we might have A, a 3-1 I'm going to say That's against Huddersfield And that'll be away Biggest defeat Harry I think we'll lose Heavily at home To Man City <laughs> uh, Jack Away at Huddersfield 4-0 <laughs> oh, Kind wow. of right Oh wow We've gone polar opposites On that uh, uh, Bayliss I've gone, I've gone like Harry I've said City away we can't possibly do it twice <laughs> and the scoreline 18-0 18-0 to City <laughs> excellent right okay uh, our biggest defeat is going to be 1-0 uh, our only loss of the season and it will be to Burnley <laughs> lastly something you'd like to see happen this season could be absolutely anything Harry um, when we get a last minute win away at Man United Nuno's going to run down the line and slide on his knees like Mourinho did for Porto nice that'd be amazing Jack. I want Nuno to go to shake Neil's War- Warnock's hand at the end of the game and then do like a, a Wayne Bridge John Terry moment on him <laughs> Jack is misses <laughs> Bayless I just want to see Neil Warnock crying that's it. Very nice. Uh, I'd like to see Bayless do the bungee jump. Uh, well, there you go. This still still hasn't done it. Uh, okay. So in terms of predictions, there it was a mixed bag. Be honest. Oh God. Um, uh, yeah, I forgot Leo Bonatini existed until uh, I think we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago too. Um, but we'll move on to um, the retrospective awards of of what we think if we if we ask those questions again, and obviously. We'll, we'll talk about the end of season awards in a second but who's been the player of the season and we've, we've spoken about it for a couple of weeks and it's probably cemented its place but I'll go around to start with you Harry yeah well he won it but I did actually vote for Matinho but you also said earlier he's a most improved player and I'm going to I'm going to put just to say Bennett because I think Bennett's done really well when he's been called upon this year and I think a lot of fans would have said that there's no chance that he'll have like a run in the team so yeah I think Bennett's been the most improved but yeah Matinho's my player of the season definitely Jack player of the season most improved uh, I said Jimenez was my personal player of the season just because um, of the, you know, the goals and where he got us and I do think it was probably between Matinho and him for player of the season so I'm not unhappy that Matinho won it 
Most improved is a difficult one, isn't it? So you've got to look at a player, really, who you were thinking maybe wouldn't make the grade when we stepped up. So maybe Matt Doherty, one of the players that there might have been question marks about, but obviously he's come up and was probably third in that player of the season, his season vote. So yeah, you've got to give him credit. So Doherty. I voted for Matinho, so I'd go for Matinho again, but obviously Jimenez has got a fair shout. Um, most improved, of course, there hasn't, wasn't actually that many that sort of came in from last season's team. I'd probably say Cody because... Um, I never fully well I have rated Cody by I honestly didn't think he'd make the step up I think Bennett's mm. got a fair shout as well but Cody's actually very underrated I don't think he um, he gets bigged up enough um, and he's you know he settled into the Premier League a lot better than I think many many people thought I think I did a video at the start of the year and I said I wouldn't mind him being sold but I think he's a very very key player now and Harry is there a season highlight for you? Um I think the obvious one that the lads might say is the Man United in the quarterfinal, but I'm going to go with Spurs away. I think that the the way we played second half in that game was just incredible. And at the time, Spurs were like title contenders. They were still in the race then. So that was just like wow, a wow moment for me, beating Spurs the way we did. I don't know. Probably from a, a personal level rather than a Wolves level, I think the best the best day that probably me and Harry had was the away at Man United game. Just because, oh, yeah, yeah. Just because of the whole day involved. And obviously we got a result as well. We had a great pre-dinner and everything. So from a personal level, I think that was one of our, our great away performances and probably my favourite away day of the season as well. Dave? Mm. Uh, I think Man U in the quarterfinal was brilliant. Leicester as well. It, it's weird that Leicester doesn't actually get mentioned as much. Yeah, although, that's very true, actually. Yeah, it was, it was um, you know, but I always thought, like, even when they got it back to 3 all, I thought, you know, we've still got a goal in this here. Um, Spurs away was good as well. I don't think the atmosphere was that brilliant at Spurs, but the game itself was, obviously for us, was, uh, was good. So... I, those three, I think. And obviously, 76 minutes of uh, an FA Cup semi-final was, was <laughs> decent. Oh, God. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I suppose there, there are some games, and that Leicester one is probably one for me, where it does just go out of your mind. because it's weird, isn't it? It, it, it was such... Um, the fixtures around that time as well, everyone was sort of looking forward to, to other things, and it sort of just went by the wayside almost in terms of, in terms of memory anyway. Um is there a point of the season where you thought things were looking edgy, Harry? Things weren't going to plan? Obviously, went on that run where I, um, the results weren't brilliant. There's a couple for me. Obviously, the loss away to Cardiff was a bit of a low point. I was getting a bit kind of worried, but we're fickle, aren't we, as fans? When we lose like that, you think, oh, God. Obviously, Bayless had £10 to get relegated after that game. So, uh, And also, the 2-0 loss at home to Huddersfield was a bit depressing. Well, the thing is, those those were back to back, weren't they? When you think, yeah. About so it. around I that think, sort of time was so a bit doom and gloom, wasn't it? We had to change the formation and that. Well, I think we lost to Huddersfield the week before, and then had Cardiff on the Friday night game. And from those two games, where we thought, oh, we'll kick on here, and we'll be laughing if we get six from them. We got none, so that was <laughs> that was panic stations. Yeah. Then we beat Chelsea. <laughs> here is uh, former pundit Dan Bayliss after the Leicester game, which is the second game of the season, and Jack's managed to find this clip of what he said. Doherty useless. I thought Matinho disappeared for sections of the game. I thought they they can they defended brilliantly. Leicester Leicester controlled the game really well even though they're on the back foot with 10 men I think at points in that game even though it looked like we were going forward at great guns and having loads of ball we weren't creating the opportunities you need to score that's what this league is teams aren't going to make mistakes the like they do well. in the championship yeah so it's not a goal <laughs> Right. Right. It's not a goal. That is the only <laughs> objective. It's the only objective. One of the two in football, like I just said. If you aren't scoring, what, what are we doing? We played well, mate. It's two games in. 
Now, just off the back of that, just before I bring Jack in, it was the Bayliss, the bet that we had. Um, and you said Wolves will have fewer than 15 points come Christmas. 15, for a tenner, 15 no. points or less for a tenner. That's, all, that's, that's a terrible stat. <laughs> <laughs> now, I spent that £10 that you gave me in October. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, didn't quite get it right there, but it's, it's, it, it, it's, it does seem that it has been a theme throughout, especially with social media, that it does, as a, as a fan base socially, seem to implode when there's a bad result, Harry. Yeah, definitely. But let's be honest, all football fans, even ourselves, even me, like you are fickle at times, aren't you? It's hard. I mean, for example, when we drew 0-0 against Brighton, I was on the Talking Walls channel when he did the fan cams, and I was saying, that's it, we're shot. You know, uh, Wembley's destroyed us, we're not so getting seven. So bitter that, didn't they, in the comments? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, But that's the way I felt at the time. Obviously, it's raw yeah. just after the game, but everyone's fickle in their own right but we've just shown time and time again that the way we've bounced back and Nuno that the big turning point for me in the season was when Nuno changed the formation to the two up front so yeah, yeah just just ups and downs hasn't it it's just, the thing is we, we should stop doubting it really because every time we go on a, a bad run or a bad result Nuno just he turns it round doesn't he? it doesn't matter who you play in that game you can think oh god you know, we've lost these couple of games and now look at these three games we've got here and we'll go and win two of them and draw one out of nowhere so you've got to give the guy credit because every time it looks like we're down he's got a great way of bringing them up and how he brought us back up to finish seventh after that semi-final defeat where I'm still gutted about now and can't think about I don't know but you know you've got to give the guy such good credit and obviously he missed out on the manager of the uh, manager of the season award but you know again must have been a close second or up there really beyond Pep in terms of outside of Wolves now is there a team that has surprised you this season Dave in 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 terms of, of what they've done whether that be a Liverpool pushing City all the way or, or being City or someone that, that didn't quite or what did better than you would expect this season outside of Wolves uh, I think you're right there Liverpool I didn't uh... I think everyone probably had City as their favourites. Um, I think obviously we know Liverpool had quality and they probably um, give them a better go. But I didn't really, I didn't think it would go to the last day of the season. Um, Fulham on the other side of things, Fulham they didn't do very well at all. You know they spent that much money. I think I haven't looked at it uh, back yet, but I had my predictions for the Premier League and I definitely had Fulham up there with us. I think I had Watford to go down. Um, and, and actually did quite. They actually did a lot better than I thought as well. I think they've had a. You know, they're in the FA Cup final now. We don't know what's going to happen, but I think they've had quite a good season as well. Yeah. Well, the obvious one is Fulham. Obviously, uh, Liverpool. I mean, even in January when Liverpool were like seven points clear, I still thought City would win the league then. But it has been impressive how they've maintained it. I mean, another one's probably. I'd probably say even Man United. The way they've just pl- like crumbled at the end. You know what I mean? Like you thought that because they come second, didn't they? Was it second last year? I know they were miles off, but they did come second last year. So they've ended up sixth this year. So that's probably another one you could point out who've had a bit of a bad one. Yeah, I would have said Watford in terms of overachieving because it looked like for a while it was going to be us and Watford fill the seventh and eighth place. And obviously, but their reward for falling away a bit is still that cup final. I would also say for doing better than I thought they would, Cardiff. Like Cardiff in the end, yeah. they only finished two points off safety. And mm. with, with considering the amount of money they spent and what happened to their obviously salary in January and the effect that I'd have on the club, to come that close, I hate to say it, Neil Warnock, you know, very nearly pulled off a minor miracle there. And uh, I think it's gone a bit unnoticed. So Cardiff, and I've said it before, but Fulham with the amount of money they spent to the joke of the season. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we will look at the end of season awards. Uh, Dave, you were there uh, with a couple of guys from Talking Wolves too. Yeah. Um, Good night. Yeah, it was. 
Um, didn't realise how many beers we got through. To be fair, but, um, yeah, <laughs> three <was> beers. <laughs> no, it was good. To be fair, um, they changed it a lot from last year because last year um, it was just sort of almost like a free for all. So like every time before starter, you'd look and the players are surrounded. You'd eat your food after the starter. All the players are surrounded. So now this year they'd cordoned it all off. So you had to have a VIP pass to go to the players' tables. Um, luckily, Finners. He was on Steve Ball's table, so he'd come with Steve Ball's pass and sort of just walk in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the, the night itself, obviously there were some big announcements again, which I'm sure we'll talk about, because last year they sort of announced the Adidas thing. Uh, this year I didn't know what they were going to announce really. I thought maybe Molyneux plans, maybe a new kit. But I think the three things that they announced last night were, were pretty good. Obviously the food was good, the company was good. So yeah, overall it was a good night, to be fair. Harry, in terms of the players of the season awards Matinho taking the player of the year but the players player of the season Raul Jimenez fully deserved yeah and I think it, it always differs slightly doesn't it the fans player and the players player so obviously the players love Jimenez they feel what he's done is really important and he, he was he was close to winning the fans wasn't he? let's be honest Jimenez his goals and his assists this year have been incredible so I'm glad he got an award I'm also glad um uh, Vinagre won the young professional because I think he's been really good as well. Fan of the season went to Steve Green, so he got the and um, the, the Rachel Hayho Flint Award, and John Ruddy picked up the Wolves Foundation Player of the Season prize, and I think he then dropped it, didn't he, Dave? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> someone actually put that. Did he, really? he, he, nah, he wasn't. He wasn't even there, Ruddy. But like that was a bit strange. Cause like Vinagre said, always at the under twenties World Cup or whatever. But like John Ruddy's not here, and I thought like it's the end of season dinner. You got like half the academy kids were there as well. It was a bit strange. Unless obviously mm. there might be something serious why he's not there. But um, but yeah, he won that. But the way they worded it was weird because it was almost obviously it was the Wolves Foundation Player of the Year. It was someone that had given a lot to the foundation. But the way they'd worded it is almost as if uh, it was a player of the year sponsored by Wolves Foundation. So like when we put it on Twitter, so many people like, how has he won player of the season award? It's really weird. Um, but yeah, that someone else put that. Yeah, he dropped the award. I found it quite funny. <laughs> did um, Dave, did, did Robert Plant play again this year? Did he perform? No, he didn't. No, 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 no entertainment or nothing. We were waiting. Yeah. It was uh, about to come on. And I said to Matt, I says, uh, what are the odds uh, on Johnny Phillips to present? He goes, oh, one to ten. I said, it's Johnny Phillips or Jackie Oatley. He goes, oh, I'll give you one to ten and one to seven. Goes, and our presenters, Johnny Phillips and Jackie Oatley. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's just gone, yeah, I just won 40 quid, lads. Because <laughs> she, she interviewed Martino and it was a great interview. Uh, but dropped in the question of why did you what made you leave Monaco for Wolverhampton was it the for footballing reasons he didn't really quite know what to do I was was a little (laughs) bit lost in translation yeah there were were a few of their moments you know like why have you just asked that it was really weird and like um, they got Nuno to come on stage just to give him some sort of award and then he was giving like a speech and Johnny kept talking to him and he goes have you got something to say and then Nuno was like well yeah if you actually let me talk I'll say something now Ooh. like proper biting at him uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad but you know, he did it like once or twice and then he, uh, he's just in the middle of his speech and he doesn't know what, what a word is in English so he just puts his mic and he's asking everyone what a word is so he was on about something we're the wolves and we're going up to the mountains we're looking for our prey next season or something like that but no, his speech <laughs> he had a was alright of but... an Eric Cantona moment didn't he because he's sort of saying that we are the wolves waiting in the mountains looking down on our prey waiting to something and it was a bit like 
the seagulls going to the trawler, wasn't it? Really, I think it probably sound, sounded wicked in Portuguese. They did. They did, there was a there was a bit with bully as well, and he said uh, he gave a really weird quote about bad apples or something, <laughs> and everyone's just looking around like, "What the hell is he on about?" Like like a something like a rotten apple, and we're all there like, "What's he talking about?" Like, what? So there were a few flipping strange moments, but yeah, it was it was all right though. <laughs> And obviously, uh, the big announcements, and I, I don't know which order to do these in, I think the one that generates the most excitement around most people with it out it affecting the most people is the safe standing. And obviously, the seats have actually come out of the South Bank today, and the safe standing is going to go in. So all seats in the Jack Hayward stand replaced in the summer new barrier seating and the stand Cullis quadrant we fitted with an independent barrier too so both options will fully comply with the sports ground safety authority's most recent guidance and I can promise you for a next podcast whenever it is we'll actually have an interview uh, with the people behind that so that's quite exciting Harry you've always wanted something like safe standing and it won't be in our stand because <laughs> we've got a shit roof and that is it <laughs> yeah and no, I think it's about time really obviously if it's safe obviously safe standing but the South Bank always stand up anyway don't they really obviously I've had a seat ticket in there before and nine times out of ten you stood up so I think it's the uh the sensible thing to do, isn't it? And it'll stop people back flipping down four rows of seats as well. <laughs> it, it won't. It won't. No. <laughs> it'll just hurt more. <laughs> Jack, do you want to see it in the North Bank? I don't think you could do it in the North Bank. It only really works in the South Bank because the North Bank although I like to think we're young we're not as young as we used to be obviously but it's quite a mixed age range isn't it so I don't know how you'd section it off in those sort of things so n- no <laughs> just get I'd... Chris just get Chris and his cousin one <laughs> <laughs> yeah just get two two of the lads in front just of us two, one two seats, fine. Um, so, so no in terms of the North Bank no I don't think we need it we just need to fix the bloody roof because it's ridiculous it is yeah I don't want to say anything about that obviously if we weren't that f- far forward I wouldn't care but obviously as we are it does think, um, think obviously, it, not, not that fo- far forward we're bloody ten rows back and we're still so oh, that's true. <laughs> it's not as if we're on row A. If we're on row A, then we'd be no, yeah. we'd have something to moan right. about. Yeah. Well, Tottenham's new stadium's got that similar design with it installed, but Wolves will be the first one to have it installed in an existing stadium. So that's quite interesting. But obviously the other one to come out of it was um, the plans for what looks like a fantastic stadium. And Dave, if you want to just explain a little bit what those plans are. Yeah, so um, it looks like they, well, they're planning or trying their very best. They've got plans to stay at the current site at, at Molyneux, obviously. And I think that was a key thing for fans. Um, they didn't. That's the heart of the city. I think if Molyneux went, the city would die, to be honest, if, hmm. if it went off site. So uh, that's the key plan. Um, a one-tier, a, a one-tier uh, South Bank, a, re- a redeveloped uh, Billy Wright and Steve Ball stands. Um, to be fair, they are all sort of joined together with quadrants, but it's almost like when I look at the pictures, it still looks like a traditional football stadium. It doesn't look like one of these contemporary sort of bowl oval shaped. It still looks. Like a like a traditional football stadium, which I like, um, but I think it's going to work really well. And um, obviously, with the the rail standing and stuff as well, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Because I think if it goes well, um, every most other Premier League clubs are going to follow suit in the next year or so. I reckon. I think like to Liverpool with a cop and stuff like that. Within within twelve months, I think three or four teams would have followed suit. And how it's exciting, isn't it? Because being typical Wolves fans and looking on the dark side of things, we could have League One's biggest stadium in five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what one thing I took from it, I think it was mentioned on Twitter a few times as well. It, how dwarf the North Bank looks compared to the new stands. Like obviously yeah, the North Bank's the yeah. biggest one now, but the new stands they're building look even bigger. So 
it's going to be a while, isn't it, till it's all complete? But it's exciting times, and they ain't messing about, are they? They're uh, the the plans they've got. Um, it's just a crazy time, and it's going to be, happen so fast because these last two years, I don't know about you lads, it's really flew by. Yeah, it was like two minutes since we were shit, didn't it? But now we're flying. <laughs> Jack, this could be a good time to open that. Uh, music venue slash bar that we were talking about because with those extra fans they've got to go somewhere before the game and they're not going to fit in the sunbeam no well <laughs> no well pop, pop world will be loving it pop world will, pop world's a place that you never know if it's going to be open or not um, but um, yeah maybe maybe it'll give a buzz to the city like Dave said that if if Wolves did walk away or move away from, from Molyneux in the city centre then all that trade they do on the match day it would have really damaging effects for the local community um, similarly though looking at the size of the ground there is also like I said before going to have to be a lot of work not just on the ground but on the surrounding areas and infrastructure and these sort of things so yeah maybe you will see a few a few more pubs opening because I mean Obviously, we've had capacity crowds every league game this season, haven't we? For the for the uh, for the league games, anyway. And on the really busy days, particularly the, like the later kickoffs, it's rammed and so hard to get a drink in some sort of places. So maybe there is the need for that now. In in in, in those sort of terms, we'll see. It is a knock on effect, though, isn't it? Because you know you're hard f- pushed to find a parking space if you're driving, and the trains always rammed if you're getting in that way. And I suppose aside from buying a house in Wolverhampton, walking distance, you haven't got really much of a choice <laughs> for the surrounding areas to sort of pick up with the rest of it, Dave. Yeah, it is that obviously that is a big difficulty. But I'd much rather us be in the city centre than being sort of out in the sticks where. I went to when it first opened the Amex Brighton Stadium and it's a lovely ground it was one of the fav- my favourite grounds that I've been to but it's genuinely in the middle of nowhere mm. like there's no there's no houses nearby or whatever so um, I think we, yeah with the city centre of course your trains are going to be a little bit busier but Wolverhampton train station is in the city centre buses all go to the city centre and it's all less than a 5-10 minute walk from the ground so the, the locality of, of the stadium is perfect and I think if you can add sort of the drinking areas or the bars I think they'll end up start doing more of these fan park things outside the ground but I think for them I think they're going to try their best to probably push to get rid of Asda because I think that space there is perfect for yeah. them whether they have that as a car park and use the North Bank car park for something else we'll keep both as car parks but I think that's key for walls. But there's a lot of dead. There is a lot of dead space sort of by the Steve Bull and, and South Bank as well. You've got that old pub. I don't know if anything's changed there. If it's still there, it's yeah. It's like a, it's like a recruitment centre or something now. Like a, I mean, a, a, like a sort of job centre. I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But like, but, there's rooms like that. Like, they they just. I know they're having. They're trying to sort it with the council. There is a lot of space around there, and there is space to um, expand. But they do have to think about fans as well. You don't want to expand twenty thousand where you know towns already rammed. You know what I mean? Without yeah. adding an extra twenty thousand people. But that's it. There, just we just clocked it, Sam. That's our business venture. We can open a fan park because if it's anything like if, if it's like Wembley, all we need is one gazebo and some Budweiser, and we've got we've, we've got a fan park. That's it. Yeah. Ninety mile clear. I love that. that, that Jeff Shee sort, of, sort of had a word. And said, right, okay, we're going to bring in like fifteen thousand extra fans. They're like, don't worry, we'll open the top of the job centre. Be absolutely fine. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on then to a busy summer ahead we've obviously already touched on it in terms of what we want as recruitment going forward obviously that also depends on Europe but the Nations League is obviously going to have an impact you know Patricio Martino Neves Jossa they'll be uh, in that Portugal squad Jimenez I think will be playing in Mexico at the Gold Cup um, Sace will be going to the Africa Cup of Nations and I think Willy Bolly's being touted for 
um, I can't remember the country Ivory now, Coast. but Ivory Coast, that's yeah. it, as, as, as playing there potentially as well. And then you've got likes of Doherty, Dendonka, and Johnny with Ireland, Belgium, and Spain, respectively, for the Euro 2020 qualifiers. Vinagre probably get called up for the Portugal under 20s. And Morgan Gibbs White, I think, will have England under 21 Euro Championship duty as well. And you never know. I mean, this might be out of date by the time this goes out, but obviously Connor Cody is a <laughs> potential shout for England, but we doubt it very much. Um, in, in terms of that summer jacket, it could be a pretty busy one for, for those players. It, is something like burnout a concern? Yeah, burnout's always a concern. So are those all going on during the summer, those games you reeled off there? Yeah. So it, even yeah. it's, it's a African Cup of Nation qualifiers, I presume, because isn't that usually in January? Or No, they've changed it to summer now. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, it balls oh, is up yeah. everyone's... Yeah, well, that's why we, we put I put a tweet about something about Willie Bolly and someone says no I don't want it to happen but I was like I'd assume you still think it happens in January because <laughs> they have I don't know if the last one was or if this one's the first but it's in summer now yeah okay, to be fair right, I thought it was January wise. yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I hadn't heard that that had moved at all so mind you it bloody hot when they're playing though wouldn't it um, yeah I don't know where where's it held this one do you know Dave uh, it's in Egypt I think from June until July so about three weeks isn't it so it'd be really fucking hot then yeah um, <laughs> pretty hot yes it's just sand there <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah burnout is an issue but um, again it just goes back to maybe we need a, a more squad but when when you are in a team that's in the top half of the Premier League and dare we say it nearly in Europe or in Europe a lot of your players are going to be our way on international duty and that's why you need to be able to rotate your squad more so I'm still and I shouldn't doubt Nuno because who am I to doubt Nuno after what he's done but 18 players you need a bigger squad than 18 players unless you're going to be relying on Costa and Cav all the time Harry's player of the season of course uh, Harold Costa <laughs> um, Harry on, on the flip side of that and burnout and even injuries and even think about injuries playing a part in, in that as well but will you be taking more of an interest in say the Cup of Nations or, and, and the Nations League to, to a degree with Wolves representatives there that we're maybe not used to in the past well it's going to be interesting to see what that's actually like because obviously England are in it as well whether we're going to be interested but I do I always keep an eye on you know our boys when they're playing I mean even the qualifiers I always have Portugal and England on I like watching both uh, especially when uh, Jota got called up even though he didn't get put on but yeah um, yeah I will I'll be keeping an eye on it hopefully I don't get burnt out hopefully you know we don't have a crisis because we've been lucky with injuries haven't we over this season obviously it's been through good coaching and things like that but just a complete sidebar nothing to do or on about we forgot to mention uh, that they're opening a mega store in China aren't they which is mad that is mad yeah Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. Oh, I don't know why. I was, sorry. It just came to my head. That, 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 that's that's a, that's a Wolves mega store, not just a mega store. <laughs> yeah, no, just like a Chinese mega store. That won't, that won't be news otherwise. <laughs> Chinese Asda. Um, yeah. So that I think that opens on the fifteenth of July. Um, what well, the store? Yeah. Trophy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, Davey, are you going to Shanghai for that? Are you covering it for Talking Wolves? Um, <laughs> no, I, I've, I've got Twitter open on the other screen, and someone I follow has just booked tickets for the Asia Trophy. And I mean that's that's some dedication. That that is dedication. The guy I was with at the end of season dinner was like, "Oh yeah, I think we're going to be booking our uh, Shanghai trip tomorrow." I was like, "You being serious? Like you'd had a few bottles of red wine, you know what I mean?" Like, you know he's been deadly serious I couldn't do that man I, I'd, I'd love to go but it's just getting the time off work isn't it? that's and the money, thing more than anything yeah. and like I mean it, it, I said it before but I think the packages Wolves offered weren't too considering it's the other side of the world were quite reasonably priced I think they were like seven, 800 quid weren't they yeah yeah but, well that's what he said he says it's going to cost him the same to go to Shanghai than it did to go to Switzerland last pre-season it's going to oh be the same God. sort of cost yeah. 
So if, if you ever did want to go to China, I think it probably is a, a dare I say it, a better value way of going than doing it yourself. Maybe I, yeah. don't, I don't I don't know. I know what the walls probably get their you know commission or whatever off that, but yeah. um, it, I think you are right. Their their actual packages they've done a pretty uh, good value. And just a quick side note: the um, the pensioner who claimed he designed the Wolves badge has lost his high court bid for compensation today <laughs> and Harry you thought his legal fees were at 450 quid um, but <laughs> really 450,000 pounds you, you just hope he's done one of those no win no fees we'll hear in the news tomorrow that he's probably keeled over but the thing shop. is yeah. 450 do, 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 do you know where the geezer's from do you know where he lives Bolton. He's from Stourport. He's from Stourport. Yeah, yeah. 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 bloody hell, no way. Harry's next door neighbour. Really. <laughs> He's <a> granddad. Yeah. <laughs> He's an artiste. <laughs> oh dear. Right, okay. Um, we'll move on to something else now, and I don't really know what we're going to move on to. Harry's <laughs> funny story. Yeah. So after Liverpool failing to win the title this week, a funny tweet cropped up on Twitter, and I thought I'd read it out for you because it made me giggle. So Peter K eighty four put. In the aftermath of them not winning the league and me taking the piss, my red shy older brother has deleted me off Facebook, left the WhatsApp family group chat, blocked my number and told me I'm no longer godfather for my nephew's christening in July. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of an overreaction. Overreaction. Football. <laughs> Classic. That's it. Football. And that was the last ever funny story, so we're not doing it next year because it's shite. <laughs> oh, no, yes, we are. Definitely doing it. Mate, we, we, oh. oh, God. As I said, we never know when to stop a feature. <laughs> no, no. That's true. Time for this. Magic mirror on the wall. Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? His is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77 Club Quiz. And this week's quiz comes from Jack. So I'll pass you over to Jack. Okay then, thank you Sam. So for the quiz this week, the last quiz of the season, there's only really one thing we can do it on. So all the questions here are based on Wolves, the season of 2018 slash 2019. So I've got an order now already. The order is Sam, Harry and then Dave. There are 15 questions in total. So you got five each today, boys. It's a bit of a bumper one. Um, And I will start with you. Sam, are you ready? I am ready. So... Who was the first player to score for Wolves in an away game this season? Uh, Ooh, where's the clock? <laughs> yeah. Poor, isn't it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with um, Cavallero. Cavallero! Uh, no. No? Anybody want to guess? Traore, oh, on it. It yeah, was not... Oh, West Ham. It was... You are... All wrong. The first player to score for Wolves in the away game this season was Leo Bonatini at Sheffield oh Wednesday. My. Oh, wow. He's done us there. I thought you meant in the Premier <laughs> yeah. League. No, I didn't. So, listen listen to him carefully. They all, yeah. They're all about the competitive games, unless I Very say the words. He's a hero as well, Bonatini, so I'm glad he turned up <laughs> in this crew. Okay, so second for you, Harry. So Wolves finished on 57 points in the league this season. But what's our total goal difference tally? Plus one. Plus one is correct well done well done there Dave has a party Wolves played in two games at Wembley this season obviously one against uh, Watford one against Spurs how many goals were scored in total in both those games combined quick maths 
Nine. Nine. Is is correct. Sam. Have I got the stitch up questions here? Well, I don't know because I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't check the order. I just sort of did them as I thought of them. Um, but maybe. How many red cards did Wolves receive this season in all competitive matches? Uh, <laughs> Man City away. One. Yeah, I'll put the credit on this. Good. Just Willy Bolly, obviously, in that away game at Man City. Travesty, that was. Harry, who has made more appearances for Wolves this season? Lander Dendonka, Romain Sace, or Helder Costa? Appearances. So I'm going to rule Dendonka out straight away because he came in really late. Oh, I'm going to go with. It's going to be close. I'm going to go with Costa. So Costa has got 30. The other two have 26. I, I said in a video. Wow. About Costa saying I don't think he's had a fit. Like he hasn't had a good run this year. Someone commented <laughs> saying he played 18 games in a row in the league or something like that. Good, yeah. yeah. The race start. He was ever present at the start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a weird one. Dave. Right. Cool. This is a bit of a tricky one. This is. I'll get it. How many players in total <laughs> made their first first team appearance for Wolves this season? Oh, that's in all comps, man. That is difficult. That is. I'm gonna try and find Dave easy. First first team even okay. cups yep. as so, well. So their Jeez. first there's their first senior appearance for Wolves this season. I hope I've got this right because I tied them up myself. So let I know this is a bit of a fi- like thing. I'm just like verifying the question. Players like Patricio, do they count, or are we on about youth players here? They would Maybe. anyone anyone who's made their first appearance in a Wolverhampton okay, Wanderers first team this okay. season. This is a hard one. I'm saying out loud. Okay, I'm yeah. probably going to miss someone. So you got Patricio, Johnny, Dendonka, Martino, Jimenez, Adama, Kilman, Ennis. Watt, Goncalves. Uh, I'm definitely missing one, and I. Ashley Seal. I go with eleven. I'm definitely missing at least one. Norris as well. I reckon it's twelve. Norris twelve. Last year, Dean. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Now, based on this, I think I might have got it wrong because I've got nine. <laughs> <laughs> just giving him Jack. Based, just based on him. the ones that he just reeled off. Because uh, when did Benny Ashley start? Goncalves and what didn't you? Because they played in the cup. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. I tell you what, Dave. Rester. Just for that effort, you can have a point for that because yeah. I, <laughs> I missed. I missed out what I'm going. Yeah. So yeah, good shot, mate. Harry and Dave both have two. Sam, you have one here going into the next round. Wolves four, Leicester three. Jota got a hat trick that day. Who scored the other goal, Sam? Ah, uh, Jimenez. Jimenez. Bennett. Was it Bennett? It was Ryan Bennett. Yes, it wow. was. Wow. Harry, how many teams did Wolves fail to beat in the Premier League this season? So inc- that includes draws. <laughs> no, what am I about? Yes, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> How many, oh yeah, how many t- uh, 12? 12. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't understand the question properly. No, you know, three or four, isn't it? <laughs> Losses or draws? Oh, so like Huddersfield. Who did you fail to beat? We have one of those. Yeah. Right, I'm so confused. So it's four. Yeah, yeah, Brian, four. yeah Brian as well. Um, yeah. I was close then with 12. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I was just thinking of losses. I just went with losses. I didn't understand yeah. the question. All right, carry on. Dave, who scored Wolves' first Premier League goal of 2019? Let's go Jota. 
Jota. Oh, we, we actually didn't score for quite a while. So the first goal was that Leicester game and Jota. Sam. Wolves played Watford in an FA Cup semi-final at Wembley. We were 2 and up in that game, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and Delefeu De scored. But in which exact minute did Delefeu score? According to Sky Sports website. Um, 17... 79? 79 is correct. Well done. Uh, God, I thought you were going to say 78 then, because I'd have said 78, I think. But I know, yeah, because I was crying at, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. at Wembley. Harry, mm. who did Lander Dendonka make his Premier League debut against? Chelsea. Chelsea is... Dave. Wolves were knocked out of the Carabao Cup on penalties to which team? Leicester City. Dave. Dave, Dave is on for a clean, clean sweep oh, here. Are you two sleeping together or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. So Sam, you're on two. Harry's on three. Dave's on four. Yeah, I, I get what minute of a game and Dave gets <laughs> out of the cup. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, I'd have struggled with that because it was ages ago, wouldn't it? We spoke about, about it earlier on the pod, though. So. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah, right. we did. Yeah. You, should, you might get this one, Sam. All right. So, according to. What's my name? <laughs> according to the Premier League website, uh, Kante of Chelsea has covered the most distance in the Premier League this season. But who covered the who covered the least amount of distance for Wolves this season? Uh, probably Patricio, then, isn't it? No, it's actually Wolves on Tour Travel Club. <laughs> <laughs> so that's only two for you there. They, they probably travelled the most because uh, it's actually, no, yeah, probably the least because they got cancelled. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, so Harry. Yeah. Steve Steve Green won fan of the season at the end of season awards last night but who won the less coveted award Dick Edwolf supporter of the season uh, yeah. HRH it was HRH Harry yeah. <laughs> of Wolves fan TV well done absolutely brilliant and finally Dave this is for a clean sweep now and it's it's a cracker old Harry here is famous for his match day vlogs but of which match day vlog got the most YouTube views this oh season? Oh God, you're scraping the barrel here, aren't you, Jack? <laughs> Is it the one with Nayan? <laughs> I reckon it was a. I reckon it was a Watford game with Sincara. There we go then. So for that, perfect. Sam has got a disappointing Ow. two. Uh, Harry and Dave actually tied in the end with Ooh, four apiece. There we go. Yeah. Um, I don't have a tribreaker in normal uh, seventy-seven club fashion, so you're both winners. Way. There you go. Excellent. Well, um, and Dave, I saw something on uh, the Talking Wolves Twitter about um, some sticker packs that you can buy now. Yeah. Um, that, is that single-use plastic, mate? Um, Killing the environment. Yeah. Sorry. Not very good, is it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Excellent, right. £3.50 now. Uh, your pundits this week have been Harry Mansell. Hello, goodbye. Oh, actually, Jack Williams. before we go, when, when are we doing a next one? Are we doing a next one? Should we retire? I think what? if we get into Europe, I'll retire, that'd be nice. Oh, no, I want a few weeks off, man. Not not Europe, just... Uh, let's, let's do one, I don't, know. I don't know. I think if we get into Europe... But then what, what are we going to talk about? Europe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, if, maybe like maybe like when the draw comes about maybe or something. Yeah, a few weeks probably in a few weeks. Yeah, we'll we'll see you at some point in the future, maybe unless we can't be asked. <laughs> okay, so we'll see you in a couple of weeks unless we can be asked. Can't be asked. Excellent. And uh, Dave has a party. The nature killer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Killing and turtles. <laughs> good game. Good game. The seventy-seven club. 
The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.